Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode and another rendition of the Everything Medicare podcast. I'm your host, Christian Bruno, if you don't know who I am, where every single week I bring you a podcast where I discuss your Medicare, your Medicaid, your Social Security, and everything that has to do with that golden age called retirement. And today I have a very, very special guest, um, and I'm really, really glad we were able to do this. I'm sitting here with one of my early teachers, someone that had a lot of influence and in kind of teaching me the right way to to work with people and a lot about the insurance industry in general. When I first started, Craig Sharp. Um, Craig is someone that I've known since I was a little kid. Um, he worked with he's worked with my dad for a number of years in different ways, and um, he's someone that I consider a very close family friend, but also a personal friend and teacher and mentor and um, so I'm really I'm really excited about this. Craig has been in the insurance industry how many years? Seventeen. Wow. <laughs> well, Craig is Craig has helped a lot of people on Medicare, um, and Craig is really smart. Craig has a great perspective on you know what's good for people, and he just really has a genuine interest in care for people. And so today we're going to be asking him some questions about. The insurance industry, and I'm, I, I, I formulated a bunch of questions that I think you guys would be very interested in hearing. So, without further ado, I'm just going to jump right in here, Craig. Um, okay, so you're someone that's been in the insurance industry, like you said, for a while. You've had a lot of experience. Um, tell the audience a little bit about your story and how you got into the insurance industry and Medicare in general. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And... Uh... Thanks for having me here today, Christian. Um, it was about 2002, and I was currently unemployed. I'd been unemployed for about a year and a half. Um, my history before selling insurance was I was in heavy equipment sales, uh, construction sales, big ticket items. And so I was used to making quite a bit of money and wasn't very happy not being employed, but I was looking for something that um, would be independent and something I could do on my own time and just a business that I could build myself. And I was looking at insurance. I had applied for the state insurance license I was talking to my pastor, and he was the one that suggested that I get a hold of your dad, as a matter of fact, Bob. And uh, so I did that. I, I called Bob, and, and of course, Bob was one of the pioneers in Medicare sales, at, and uh, there wasn't really a lot of people involved in it at the time. Um, but Bob had me meet him at a parking lot. <laughs> And I uh, got in his car, and he drove me to an appointment. So actually, the first time I met him, I went to an appointment with him. And uh, I saw a presentation for a couple that were turning 65. And I was just really intrigued with the whole idea, the whole concept of independent agents and the role that they play and pretty much made up my mind that day that this is what I was going to do. Glad I did. I never knew that about the parking lot thing. And that's so, that's so like my dad. Yeah. <laughs> to the, yeah. That's the meetup place. You know, a lot of people would get together at like a <clears throat> restaurant or, yeah. you know, that, 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 that's 
that's amusing to me a little bit but that's 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 so cool and um you know it's been i think you know um the two of you getting together you know i think you've benefited him in in so many ways and you benefited our you know me and you know the insurance industry in general in a lot of positive ways um let me shift gears to this so we've established that you've seen a lot of things during your time working with medicare beneficiaries is there something that you consistently see people do when they're making decisions that kind of makes you shake your head? Like maybe a common mistake that you see people make that you just wish they wouldn't? You know, I don't, I don't know of anything that comes to mind, or at least that I recognize that something that's happening all the time. But the one thing that's always surprised me, and still does surprise me, is the lack of knowledge. Yeah. And I I meet with people that are highly intelligent, so much smarter than I am, but don't know anything about Medicare. And why would that be? Why would you not know about Medicare? You know, it's just the information isn't made available to people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's hidden behind a rock somewhere. And it's confusing when they finally do get a hold of it. They get bits and pieces of it and... It's like uh, the blind man trying to figure out what an elephant looks like. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so everybody comes up with their own concept. But I, I would say that that's one of the bigger frustrations that I have. I think you nailed it on the head personally. I mean, that's been something that I've observed early on, you know, is that, that you know, if somebody wants to learn about this stuff, there's not a whole lot of avenues they can go, and I just think that's a shame. And I feel like the industry, is in general, has not done a great job at making the information available. I, I think I couldn't agree more with you. Let me let me give you a couple specifics, Christian. You know, yeah. because I, I I'm sure that you've heard these yourself, um, especially with people that are coming from large employers that are used to having good insurance. They're surprised that Medicare doesn't have any dental. Oh, yes. Well, I, it's all never the time I hear any that. dental. People should know that it doesn't have any dental so that they, yeah. they can prepare themselves for that. Um, I, I don't know how many times people have said, I, I didn't know Medicare costs money. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, I thought it was free. Well, and, and it's true, you know, Part A is paid up from FICA taxes, and mm-hmm. there's no more premiums owed on it but Medicare Part B there's a monthly premium involved there and for some people it's significant yeah Uh, so I mean that's just a couple examples of lack of knowledge I think those are huge examples yeah you bet or like another one that I've seen I mean I've seen it ever since I started and I know you have too but one that I've seen that I've seen come up a lot recently is if someone has original Medicare as their primary insurance and they go into their doctor and they tell the doctor, I want a physical. Yeah. And they end up getting a yeah. three, $400 bill in the mail and yeah. they're shocked. You know, there I mean, that, that there's just the, the understanding of what Medicare pays for, what it doesn't pay for. Right. It's just for so many people, it's not there. And I, I couldn't agree more with you. You know, I think that, I think that, you know, industry just hasn't done a great job making information available and just, you know, because I wouldn't say it's that much more complicated than car insurance. 
Maybe it is. You could make the argument, I guess. But, but car insurance information from is probably more readily available than Medicare information. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I agree completely. Um, let, okay, let me shift gears to this next topic, and this is one that I'm very um, curious to get your stance on. Um, obviously, there isn't an in-stone answer for the question I'm about to ask. In each situation for every single person, it varies quite a bit, of course. Um, but where do you fall on the Medicare Advantage versus the Medicare Supplement debate and why? I think I know the answer. I think I have an idea of what you're going to say, but I'm curious, and I think everyone listening would be curious on your perspective on that because it's such a pendulum you know, for people, Medicare Advantage versus Medicare Supplement, which do you feel more often than not benefits the customer and the consumer? Yeah, and you're right. It's um, it gets debated a lot, but it it ends up being such a personal personal decision that it's mm-hmm. definitely not one that you want to make for someone. You know. Yeah. And certainly, that's why knowledge is the key. Um, if you can teach people basically the difference, the fundamental differences. And how they can, you know, I mean, I've got so many people that like Medicare Advantage and, and they like it because they don't use their insurance very much. And so mm-hmm. it's a very low cost for them. I've got other clients that have incredible, durable equipment expenses. And they would be lost without their Medicare supplement to pay all of that cost. Mm-hmm. And they don't mind paying a higher premium to have that kind of coverage. So... Um, it just it just depends on where you are, yeah. Um, in in regards to those types of issues, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the way I've always looked at it. I think it 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 depends on the person and it depends on their preferences. And I've always tried to avoid when I've ever when every any time I've ever talked to somebody, I've always tried to avoid when you know you I'm sure you've had it. You know, someone gets in contact with you and they say, "What's the best plan?" Yeah, and you're like, "Well, I, yeah." I need to know more about you. You know, I can't, there's no, that, yeah. that, that depends. I want the best one. Yeah. <laughs> there's all, there's good things about all of them, you know, and there's drawbacks to all of them. But having those, you know, understanding those, those different um, qualities will help you make a decision of which one you want. Mm-hmm. You know, I can remember talking to my dad and he's uh He's a Medicare Advantage guy. He was a supplement guy, but as soon as Medicare Advantage became available, I mean, to him, it was a no-brainer. Why would I pay that higher premium? I'd much mm-hmm. rather pay a lower premium and pay a little bit when I use it. Well, I could I could find you 10 people to tell you just the opposite. Yep. You know? yep. So. I love it. I mean, I think that's exactly right on the money. So, okay, let's talk about something... A little bit more on the political side almost not maybe maybe not political but there's always been talks about medicare changing dramatically and there's talks about it i've seen talks about it kind of ramp up over the last year or so um granted there's always talks but they talk about medicare running out of money or just completely going away or changing dramatically or being reformed or so if you had to guess, obviously none of us have a crystal ball. None of us really know exactly where things are going, but Medicare's been around since the 60s. It's gone through changes, but it's always been here and it's always and it's probably never been more prevalent than it is today in my opinion. Um where do you see Medicare going 
in the next decade or so and why? Well, I think the future will be more coverage, more items coverage. Um, we talk about dental. I see. I, I really see that becoming a part of Medicare coverage. Um, I even see long-term care becoming a part of Medicare or an extension of Medicare benefits. Um, how do you pay for it? That's the political part. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we ran out of money a long time ago. Yeah. You know, so it's a matter of printing money and what your priorities are. But I can tell you that I... One thing that's really been discouraging is when I get the feeling that the threat of losing Medicare benefits is used as um, a bully pulpit, you know, to get votes or, or mm-hmm. however. It's just a fear tactic that shouldn't be approached, in my opinion. Um, because um, all of the changes that I've seen through Medicare, whether it was the adding on of prescription drug coverage, whatever the changes have been, people have been benefited by them. And, um, and change is always hard uh, at, any, at any rate. You know, it's just difficult mm-hmm. and scary. And um, I, guess, I guess what I... I I've come to feel very comfortable about anticipating changes with Medicare because I know that when the when the ink dries, it's always affecting people that are fifty um, under fifty five. In other mm-hmm. words, they're not going to pull the table out from underneath Medicare beneficiaries. Yeah, and I feel very comfortable about that. So, I uh, agree. I mean, that makes total sense to me. I think that. If they even tried to pull out the rug under them, you know, yeah. I just think that would be a disaster. It looked bad for one. And the the areas that I have the biggest concern for, um, and this is just my opinion. I don't know that it's any more qualified than anybody else's, but um, is availability of services. It's not what's on the paper, what you have, you know, promised to you. It's how easily it, are you. How easy is it to get a hip replacement? Mm-hmm. I mean, now people don't wait for a hip replacement, a knee replacement. They just go down and get it. But I could see where the more people you add to the system, um, it could really slow down that process. And yeah. that could be a problem. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. You might see more and more people get something that maybe 10 years ago doctor would have said... That might not be necessary. Let's just try this or try something less severe. And that, that makes, I, I didn't think of that. That makes sense to me. Um, let's shift gears to a different topic here, though. And, and I think this is something that's really interesting because I'm someone that's, I've, I've seen you work before and how you work with people and your, your process and how thorough you are. Um, what, <clears throat> tell the people that are listening at home what, your process is when you're looking for a plan with someone. What what is what would you say is the thing that you look for first and foremost? Well, I mean, for me as an agent, it's it hasn't changed over 17 years. It's exactly the same 
process is exactly the same. It's the same that your father taught me. And, um, we just start explaining Medicare. You start with the basics and um, just the the biggest fundamentals. You know that people get mixed up. Like who's primary? Is Medicare primary or is the insurance company primary? If people could keep that one thing straight, um, they could answer so many of these questions themselves. You mm-hmm. know? Um, but it's that fundamental knowledge of Medicare, what it covers, how it works. And then from there, it's just the basics of the plans, you know, in terms of networks, are your doctors all covered in a network? Your prescriptions are, are they, um, available on the, on the company's formulary, um, things like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Just looking at their needs and then kind of going from there. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've always looked at it like if someone's an agent and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, that they look at, they take the approaches, I'm here to teach these people. I'm here to, to so that they can learn what options they have and how it will benefit them in yeah. certain ways. And I think there's just far too many people, and there probably has been for many years, probably long before I was even involved or maybe even but long before I was even born, there's probably just far too many people that they don't look at it that way and they look at it like, you know, I'm here to sell something to someone whether it's good for them or not. Right. And right. that makes sense to me. Yeah. So, okay. This is something, this, let's transition into this because I think this has a lot to do with the, what, the last question that we just had, we just t- touched on. Do you feel that people um, on Medicare, do they benefit from working with an agent? on their plan and 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 if they do how so well i mean obviously i i mean i'm, I'm good little, you know my answer is yeah, i'm biased i'm biased I, in I, this i am as well <laughs> um if we didn't add value there wouldn't be a place for us you know i mean we wouldn't have clients if we weren't bringing something to the table and it has to be far um far beyond just you know showing a plan and explaining the the benefits of the of the one plan it's actually getting into the dirt and understanding what the client um, main concerns are health wise what their experiences have been in the past um, absolutely uh, it's it, it's paramount to be a to have a relationship not only with an agent but I would stress with an independent agent that has many uh, good Medicare um, product companies uh, that he's licensed with, mm-hmm. or she's licensed with. So, yeah, very valuable. I agree, and I, I, I've, I'm a big advocate. Obviously, I'm, I'm completely biased, <laughs> and, I, and I have to disclose that. But you know, I'm a big advocate for you know working with an agent is good working with an independent agent is better because when you're working with um, someone that just represents one company or they work for that one company, they, they have so much pressure put on them by that company mm-hmm. to, 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 to hit, to meet quotas and to, That's a good to, point. to do this and do that. Yeah. And, um, you know, their, their lot, their jobs on the line a lot of times, you know, mm-hmm. their, their families on the line and to, whereas, you know, with an independent agent, they don't really answer to any particular insurance company. They, they, they're free to represent who they are available to represent, and and um, 
you know, I just think there's a lot more um, transparency, mm-hmm. you know, and so I, yeah. I agree completely with you on that. Um, okay, so this is something that I asked my dad when I, when I talked to him a mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago, um, and he, he had a hard time thinking of anything. Um, you might have something that comes to mind um, a little easier, but, I, but he had a hard time thinking of anything. And then, um, but, but throughout your years of experience, has there been anything in particular that happened that, let's say, a shift in the market or a change in the Medicare industry that, that surprised you or shocked you or may, maybe you saw it coming but you didn't think it would you know, have the impact that it did? Is there anything like that that you can recall? Not really. Uh, not with the market. Um, but I can remember being surprised uh, by this business. But it was more on a personal um, perspective than product. And it was how rewarding it was to be an advocate to my clients. In mm-hmm. other words, I had had sales experience, I was used to selling um, benefits and features of products and and showing their value, but once I grasped the importance of the role of an independent agent in um, meeting the expectations of that client and bringing those expectations out, what those needs are, so that um, we could get people set up in the best uh, quality products it was just so rewarding Mm -hmm. that it really it did shock me you know because it was a different level of satisfaction with your work it wasn't just you know going out and making a sale it was actually building a clientele that um, was there on an ongoing basis that you could Mm -hmm. service I can relate to that completely because you know, I got involved in this so young, working with my dad at such an early age, and I didn't have a lot of experience with anything quite like this. You know, I had worked in various places and, you know, worked in retirement homes and things like that, but I was I was so young. Um, I think I was 21 when I first started doing this industry, and maybe I was 20, I don't even know. But But for me, you know, what I've really grasped and latched onto over the years is, you know, there's nothing that I enjoy more than, you know, I work with someone on a plan and, you know, I I meet them, but we we, we form a relationship. You know, we form a relationship, we form a genuine connection and and, um, friendship over the years. And, you know, um, they, they trust that I have their best interests in mind. I trust that, um, you know, that they believe and trust in me. And, you know, I, I remember about a year ago, I, I worked with some people locally here in Utah where we live, and um, I set them up with... So, so, like you were saying, you know, it's a need-based business, and I set someone up with Medicare, Medicare supplement. They were turning 65, and, you know, it was a Plan G, mm-hmm. um, $185 out of pot deductible, part B deductible, 
2019, um, but last year was 183. And this lady um, ended up having a tremendous amount of health problems. I think she told she called me up this year and she was like, I just wanted to let you know, you know, I, I, I tallied all my bills last year and I had over $200,000 of claims mm-hmm. and I paid exactly what you said I would pay. And I'm so grateful and I can't imagine where we'd be if we didn't have this. And then, you know, just hearing those kind of things, it really, really just makes me feel like what I'm doing is benefiting that person more than it benefits me, you know, and I just yeah. feel, I, I completely agree with you and I, and I can relate. I think um, along with lack of knowledge of Medicare and how Medicare works, um, there's a, this feeling like this is a one-time event. You know, yeah. I'm turned 65, I'm going to buy my Medicare supplement or my Medicare Advantage plan or whatever, and I'm done, mm-hmm. you know. That couldn't be farther from the truth. I mean, um, plans yeah. change, your needs change, um, and to have somebody there that understands the market, it's incredibly valuable. And yeah. that's where you build the relationship. It's through customer service. Yeah, I I agree completely. Okay, so let's shift gears to this topic. And I think I'm this was probably when I was coming up when I was when I was looking over these questions um when I was anticipating us talking about this stuff, I was really excited for this question, particularly. So if you could give one piece of advice to someone who is, let's say, turning 65 or maybe getting on Medicare for the first time for whatever reason, and they're lost, they're receiving stacks of mail in, in, in the mailbox every day, they're seeing commercials on TV that, you know, the, that are vague, to put it lightly, <laughs> zero dollar premiums, you know, this or that or whatever they're seeing, um, they're getting 10 phone calls a day. Um, they're feeling overwhelmed and confused. What would you tell that person? What what advice would you give them on handling this the right way and not getting overwhelmed? What what, what would be if you, had, if you could get if you could tell them one piece of advice? What would it be? Well, uh, besides the obvious, find a good independent agent yes. that you can work with, and and I I think I would interview a couple of them. You know, that's a good because idea. Because you're looking for a person that you can relate to, just mm-hmm. like what we were talking about for the, those reasons. Someone that you know is going to take your phone calls in the future. Somebody that you can rely on. And I always remember it's so funny what your dad told me when I first started. He says, "These people turning 65, they always ask other people turning 65 what to buy." He says, that's ridiculous. You want to ask somebody <laughs> that's 75, somebody that's been using Medicare. Yeah. Somebody that's been in the hospital a couple of times on, on their plan to really be able to tell you how that plan worked, mm-hmm. you know, and the value of it. So, yeah, I've, I've told a lot of people that are just shopping around looking, and we talk to them all the time, you know, mm-hmm. I mean. Constantly. People, yeah, and... Uh, but I think that's sound advice, you know, to talk to older older seniors that have been in the market for a while and have used their their products. But I don't, there's, there's nothing that's going to um, come close to a relationship with an independent broker. And, and 
and the reason why is because it's not it's not just the product the the product if we take a company a really well known well managed plan and a and a stellar company um that's great but what if you get a prescription it's not on their formulary what if you get a doctor it's out of their network mm-hmm. they're not obligated to call you on the phone and tell you what's going on why your nope. bills are so high they're not obligated to re, you know to uh, refer you down the street mm-hmm. to company B that would provide a much better service mm-hmm. but as an independent broker that's our responsibility to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's the biggest difference that I see. And and to piggyback off of what you said too, you know, um, and 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 I think it has to do with what you said earlier. Plans change, mm-hmm. you know. So like if some if medications in a formulary when you start the plan, or your doctor takes the plan when you start the plan, but in two or three years both of those things or one of those things can change. And um, I think having that resource there available um, when you need it is invaluable. I agree completely. Um, Okay, so let's finish this up with one last question. I think it's kind of a fun question. However, you might have already answered it, but I'm going to ask it anyway because there might be something um, that you had in mind that was different. Um, So... What is your favorite part in working in the insurance industry? What do you find? What part of it do you find most fulfilling in your seventeen years? I think just working with my clients um, and the relationships that I have with them over the years, and um, that's extremely rewarding. Um, yeah, yeah, I I I I'd agree with that. Um, that's been my favorite part. I've been you've been doing it a lot longer than me, but I, you know, I've had completely similar experiences with that. Well, I can tell you, Christian, that um, the longer I'm in the business, the more involved in customer service I become. Yeah, you know, it's really true. Uh, I take more phone calls about claims and yeah. things like that, you know. But uh, and that's not something that all clients need or even want. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. Maybe they did in the beginning, but they don't need it anymore. They can do that on their own. But they still know that I'm available for them to call if they do have a question or mm-hmm. want to do a review. So Definitely, definitely. Um, so I wanted, I, wanted to, I wanted you to touch on a little bit about if people did want to work with you. Let's say they're listening to this and um, they want to work with you on your plan Talk about how they can get in touch with you and what parts of the country are you licensed to work with people in? Because like for me personally, I'm only licensed in three states currently and I always like to disclose that when I'm doing these podcasts because I don't want anyone to reach out to me and get their hopes up and I have to give them bad news, you know, that I don't work in that market. How can people get in touch with you and what areas of the country can you work with people in? Well... The easiest way to get a hold of me is uh, by phone. It's 801-978-6240. And it's Sharp Insurance, Inc. Um, 
as far as licensing go, I'm, I'm licensed in almost all the western states and some of the Midwest. Um, but uh, most of the, the western states. Okay. Okay, so that's that that that's that's good and that's great. So if you're listening to this, folks, and you you like what you heard from Craig, you like his experience, um, and you want to work with him on your plan, I I encourage you to reach out to him because I can't think of a better person to work for you to work with on your plan. I think he's fantastic. Um, and like I said at the beginning of this, you know, you taught me a. A, a great deal of things early on, you know, that that have really helped me tremendously in my career, you know, and I thank you for that. Thank and you. I thank you for being, yeah. you know, a mentor for me. Yeah. And thank you for doing this. I really mm-hmm. thought this was a great interview and a great talk, and I think people are really going to benefit from it. Good. So thank you so much for doing this, Craig. You bet. Thank you. All righty, folks. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this all the way to the end. Um, every single Monday and Saturday, we bring you a podcast. If there's any topics particularly that you would like me or anyone that we'd have on to talk about or touch on, send me an email at christianb at xmission.com, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-B at X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N.com, christianb at xmission.com. Thank you for listening, folks. Have a great weekend. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers, and I'll talk with you soon.